All right, come on. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Woo, man, that was crazy. I thought we were going to have to, like, pull out all the stops, and I thought we were going to have to go old school, and, like, just everyone just sit in a circle and talk. But no, we're good. We got, we got the mic set up. Guys, welcome to Impact City Church. I am so happy you guys are here today. I'm especially happy this week because this week I get to just kind of cast some vision about the church, let you know what the church is all about here at Impact City. And I am so pumped up. And I'm still on a high because we just came back from Austin. And that doesn't mean I got stoned in Austin because, you know, everything happens like that in Austin. A bunch of crazy Austinites and all that. But I'm on a high because we just came back from the Verge Conference. That should, like, strike your interest. Everyone, come on. Hey, round of applause. David and Heather, uh, you know, Carly and uh, Jared all went with us. It was an awesome conference. And we learned so much about missional community. We learned so much about uh, what it meant to be uh, living in the community, living in biblical community, and kind of the way that we do church and kind of get to where uh, we got to hang out with some people who really got to do church like us, who were doing it, kind of the, uh, what I would call the trailblazers of the missional community movement. And we always say, like, oh, the missional movement, that's like a new trend in church thing. Like, no, it's, it's not a new trend. I always say that we are called to be missional because we are called to not redefine the church, but then refine it back to the way that God originally defined it to be. And we say that again, we are not called to redefine the church. We are called to refine it back to the way that God defined it. And how did God define it? God defined the church to be a place of community. God defined the church to be a place where people came and worshipped. But that was only on Sundays. And if you're at Venice, that's Saturday night, you know. But it designed the church to where it was a community of believers meeting together uh, to live life together. Whereas church is supposed to be people coming together to celebrate their highs, uh, get through their lows, live life together on mission for the greater good of the kingdom of God. That is the mission of the church. And the mission of the church should be that, this. If you have Jesus centered on that, if you put Jesus at the center of your mission, then it's worship. But if you don't put Jesus at the center of your church, that is slavery. And then you start getting burned out with church, and church becomes just emotions and just things that you do during the week or things that you have to attend, the events that you have to attend, things like that. That is not what we do here. Those are one of the things that we kind of talked about and really uh, articulated up at the Verge Conference. And it got me thinking about as we learn things here at Impact City and what we do here at Impact City. And it got me really looking at what we have done. Every so often I kind of like to kind of, you know, take the, uh, take the rocket ship and kind of hover over the clouds around, just kind of have a bird's eye view of what we're doing here in Impact City. And I like to do like a Vision Sunday. And that's kind of what we're going to do here today. So if you have your Bibles, over to Matthew 14. Matthew 14. You're like, man, Felix, I thought we were preaching through the book of Mark. Well, we're taking a break off the book of Mark for this week and then last week. If you don't have a Bible, uh, raise your hand. We'd love to give you one as a gift from us. Uh, we have some in the back. Uh, Giancarlo can bring you one if you need a Bible. Uh, if not, just go ahead and uh, uh, open your Bibles. If you don't have a book Bible, turn your phone on and scroll down to Matthew 14. Matthew 14 is where we're going to be. Verse 22. I started thinking as we're at the Verge Conference, I started looking at the identity of the church, and then I think on Friday night we all went out to eat at PF Change, which, by the way, if you've ever wondered what it was like to wander in the desert for 40 years, that was us. Because we got out of the conference, okay, we got three hours to eat, let's go find a really 
killer Austin-type restaurant, and let's go eat. And then I was like, okay, I think I know a place. And we walked from like 2nd Street all the way up to 6th Street. We went by all the bars and all the, all the craziness, and we're like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here, right? And like, okay, well, let's, can we eat here? We're like, no, we can't eat there, we can't eat here. And we, we found like a place I thought we were going to go to. It was supposed to be an Italian restaurant. You got there, and it, you, you would have thought they turned into a Mexican restaurant. So Hispanics are like taking over the world or something. I don't know. And so it's like all over the place, everything we're trying to do. So we, I think we walked for like an hour, right? Uh, all the girls were trying to kill me. Jared was about to pass out. We thought we were going to have to call life support for Jared. It was bad. David was about to wring my neck and hit me over the head with a sewer drain cover or something. He was, we were like, and all this time I'm thinking I'm the, like the craziest, suckiest leader of this church right now because I cannot just, I'm just, I cannot land on a restaurant. But finally we went out to eat at P.F. Chang's. And um, if you've ever been to P.F. Chang's, it is an experience because you pay high dollar for food that you can pay really cheap at. Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it, what's it called that you like? Leather straps and then the shrimp, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I learned something about that today, too. So we went to P.F. Chang's, and we had this meeting. It was like this roundtable meeting. We actually discussed, like, what do we need to be doing in the church? Us as Impact City, what do we need to change? Because, you know, Impact City is an awesome church. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I love this church. We have awesome people who serve in the church. God is moving in the church. We're seeing life change in the church. People are coming to know Jesus, and it's awesome here in this church. But there is things here at Impact City that, that we've discussed that we think that we can maybe improve on or change. So that's what I want to talk about. I want to read this scripture to you guys, and I kind of want to see how it relates to uh, what we need to be doing to change here. So if you would please, Matthew 14, uh, 22 is where we're going to start. This is the story of Peter and Jesus walking on the water. Okay, so if you guys are familiar with it, if you've been in uh, you know, Sunday school, you get the flannel board version of this. You know, we get the Jesus, and you put him on the water, and then Peter gets out, and you know, Peter starts to doubt, and he falls and sinks. This is that story. So we're going to read this here. This is in Matthew 14, 22. Here we go. It says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Okay, let me kind of back up what's going on. Jesus is being like bombarded by a bunch of people right now. And it's getting kind of crowded. And so he sends his disciples, yeah, I'll go off. I'll handle these people. I don't know how he handled these people. We all know that, but he took care of them by himself. I'm pretty sure he was kind of like, who's looking sleep, you know, and then like ran off or something. I don't know. I'm just saying. So he said, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way off from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. So if you've ever taken a little sailboat or anything on the water, you can know that the wind can either be your enemy or your friend. And right now the wind is going against the sails. A little storm has kind of blown in as it was common for this area. That storm to just kind of roll in to the area and catch people by surprise in the middle of the, of the waters. And so this is what's going on. That They're in the middle of the water and a storm is coming. The waves are crashing. It's getting crazy up in there. It says, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, is it a ghost? And they cried out in fear. Can you imagine 
the, the, the image of that moment to be in the middle of the water. You're freaking out already as it is. You think you're going to die. You know, you're thinking about Titanic. You're thinking about all these crazy, you know, things you've heard about ships getting shipwrecked and the boat's about to crack and fall apart, you know. And you look up and there's a dude walking on the water. You're like, whoa, what? I don't know if you've ever seen that happen before, but, you know, it's pretty, pretty amazing, okay? So this guy's walking up on the water, and he says this. He says, um, it says, and Jesus, it says, uh, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, for it is I, do not fear. And this is what I want us to focus on right here. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Because when he got into the boat, those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. And there are three things that we can pull from the Scripture right off the bat that we can learn about. Um, they're going to teach us about Impact City Church. And what is it going to take to actually live up to the name Impact City? Because I'll tell you what, there's, there's some of us here that the, the name Impact City just kind of popped out in their mind. When Sarah and I were trying to figure out the name for the church, we were like, man, we, gotta, we want a name that's going to mean something, right? We don't want to be like, uh, you know, First Baptist fill in the blank. You know, we don't want to be that. You know, we don't want to be the churches like uh, Church of This, Church of That. Uh, Corpus Christi fill in the blank, you know. We don't want to be just another, you know, blip on the radar. No, we wanted to be a big flip and blip on the radar, you know? And so we came up with the name, what about the, word, the name Impact? It was, this is awesome. We came this Impact Community Church. And, and, uh, and I was like, it just doesn't sound right, you know? And then we were driving out of town and I said, what about, uh, I really like the name City, like Impact the City. Let's Impact the City. And Sarah's like, well, how about Impact City Church? And I'm like, how about just Impact City? And so that was the name that we stuck with. And it means so much to me personally because it is almost like a battle cry for us. Like it's almost like a statement of faith in what we have to do. Like we don't want to say, well, where do you go to church? You're like, Impact City Church. And I'm like, well, why are you impacting the city? You're like, uh, crap, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't even know what we do. Like I don't want it to ever get like that. I wanted the name to like just kind of drive up the fact that we have to impact the city. And so, with that being said, we're going to be a church that lives up to the name Impact City Church within the city that we live in, the body of Christ, Corpus Christi, that we have to make some changes. I think so. I don't want to say like drastic changes, like we're not going to go to like a video campus or something like that. We're not doing that. We're not like, oh man, they brought speakers. They're making changes. No, that's not it. Like we're making more so alterations and improvements to what we've already been doing. So, if you want to tag along, if you want to write some notes, write this down. The first thing we need to know is that we need to know what we want. What do we want as a church? Verse 28 says this. 
Verse 28 said, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Okay, Peter knew what he wanted. He knew what his goal was. He knew what his desire was. And he knew what was needed of him at the moment. He knew what he had to do. Us at Impact City, if we're going to be a church that is going to impact this, this city, this great city of Corpus Christi, we need to have a clear vision of what it is that God has called us to do. Because where there is no clarity, there is confusion. Where there is confusion, there is a lack of operation. Where there is a lack of operation, there is laziness. Where there is laziness, there is nothing. And so we need to have a clear vision of what we are. And our vision here at Impact City Church is to so greatly impact the city of Corpus Christi with the love and name of Jesus Christ that the city as a whole sees positive change. It's on our website. That is the, the vision of our church. That we want to change Corpus Christi. Did you all know that Corpus Christi here in recent years has been the highest teen pregnancy rate of all over the nation? Corpus Christi, right here. You know, it's centered around Ray High School. It's funny because I went to Ray High School and like almost all my friends were were single moms, teenage moms. And you're like, I know, well, well, you know, no matter the circumstances, you know, we need to love them. We need to come alongside them. You're like, well, what is the significance of that? There's so much greater things. Well, think of it like this. Teenage pregnancy usually means that you have a single mom with a single dad. Nine times out of ten, that single mom is doing whatever it takes to get by. Nine times out of ten, I think the parents usually kick the, the, the kids out because of the traditional religious views we have here in Corpus Christi. It says that they're, they're a sinful person, they're a scarlet letter, and we cast them out. Instead of loving them and accepting them and being gracious like the way God has commanded us to be. And so we, 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 we cast them out, and then there's usually a single dad that's involved, and he's usually never involved in the kids' lives. And if he is involved, let's just say this, that because they're a teenage parents, the, the, the opportunities to go and get a, a quality education, to get a good job, are very, very low. Well, what does that mean? That they're, they're working in, in jobs that get them by, barely get them by. They're living off of government assistance. They're doing this and that just to get by. And when you get into that, you get into a neighborhood of crime. And then that crime starts to come home. Dad's stealing, dad's dealing, dad's doing things just to get through, just to get past this. And before her dad's getting locked up, and here's single mom again. And so now you live in Corpus Christi, and y'all do realize that Corpus Christi, even above Houston, above uh, cities like Chicago and cities like New York, we have per capita the highest crime rate of the nation. Did y'all know that? We do. You're like, I know, I've seen a lot more worse stuff. Yeah, but you know what? For the amount of people that we have, we have the highest crime rate. And they're not crimes against uh, items. They're crimes against people. How many people got shot up here recently in the last few months? Too many. Two little kids got shot up in the drive-by. My, uh, two houses down, uh, someone shot up a car in my neighborhood. I live in Cedar Pass, man. What's up with that? You never heard of stuff like that. You're like, what is this matter? What, what, why are you telling me this? Because we need to know that our vision is to start to change that. We heard from a speaker that uh, she is uh, in charge of the uh, uh, international justice missions up at Verge. And she said that they would go into Cambodia and they would pose as um, uh, Johns that were going to buy uh, sex slaves in the industry, right? And these, they would go into these, these brothels, these, these, these little these slums, and they would act like they were going to buy these girls. And the pictures that came back, these videos that came back to the America was these girls that were like, 
between the ages of five and I think like 16. And the lady said there was a, a video of a girl that was in another girl's arms and they, they were offering to sell that little girl. She was five years old. Five. Yeah, how many of y'all have kids around that age? How many of you guys have had kids go through that around that age? You remember how small she was at the age of five? You could hold her. And people are selling that, 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 that girl to a man to have his way with her. Okay? And you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, here's the thing. They went into that city. And they started pushing legislation. They started pushing the government. They started pushing uh, policies and, and justice. And they started petitioning. They started doing something. They said 10 years later, they went back to do another analysis of the area to kind of study, to see what was going on, to see if they were making a dent inside the, uh, the sex trafficking industry. So they were going to all these slums and brothels where they knew that uh, uh, women were being exploited. And they said they couldn't find any more sex trafficking in that area, in that one little town. They made a difference. Something changed. I'm reminded of uh, Tabernacle, uh, the, the great tabernacle where Charles Spurgeon was pastor there. Tabernacle of Praise, I think, in London. And, and, uh, and he was pastor there, and they said that before his church was there, the economy was so down. They were in a, in a recession going on in that, that time period. And the church came in, they just started loving the elderly. They started lifting up. They said, we're not going to rely on government handouts. We're not going to rely on things like that. This is a church problem. Orphans are a church problem. The hungry are a church problem. The poor, that's a church problem. And we're going to make a difference. And they said that they literally changed the economical atmosphere of the, that time period. They changed it. People started working. People started being, uh, having uh, self-worth and value. They no longer wanted to settle for barely enough. They wanted to settle for greatness and use that greatness to bless others. And started to snowball. That is our vision. We're like, well, every vision needs to have a mission. What is the mission that we have? And the mission is this, is the way we're going to accomplish that, the way we're going to change Corpus Christi, is that we're going to do it through living in biblical community with each other, i.e., we're going to be missional. We're not going to focus church on this day because this is the one hour of a week, and there's 167 other hours of the week where we need to be doing church. They are much more important than Sunday morning. Sunday morning is just a time to come, worship, get pumped up, and then during the week we, we go and we do. Ladies and gentlemen, I always used to tell people, if you, don't, if you haven't helped someone, if you haven't loved someone, that you haven't, you, you haven't been to church yet this week. Because that is the work of the church. That is the body of Christ. So we need to know that. If you're here at Impact City, we need to know that. We need to have a clear vision of what we're doing. And we can't stray off the path. Someone asked me, well, are you going to have a singles life group? Are you going to have a singles ministry? No, we're never going to have a singles ministry. That's not the vision. The vision is un unite people. You can have a married ministry for couples? No. Because the vision is, is uniting people through community. The singles can come and learn from the married people on how to have a great and awesome marriage. The married people can learn from the singles how to not be so lame. You know what I'm saying? We help each other. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that through biblical community. So part of that is just inviting people to church. 
bringing people here, inviting them to your homes, using your homes as, as a way to be um, missional in your communities and talking to your neighbors. How many of you guys know the person next door to you really well? Yeah, yeah. We need to get better at that. How many of you guys know the other person really well? How about the person across the street, Caddy Corner, down the block? Brandy's like, I know them all. <laughs> Fundraisers, you know? So we need to know that. The second thing we need to know, if we look at verse 29, is we need to know what is required to make that happen. What is required? Verse 29 said, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. The key word is the word come. He knew he had to do something. Okay? Peter had to literally get his foot throw it over the edge of the boat, have faith in God, and step on that water. And then he had to walk across the water. Mind you, it is tormental water. So we always have this picture in our mind as, like, as if Peter got out of the boat and there was like this little like red carpet of smooth water and he walked on it. No, there was waves, there was wind, it was choppy. He had to walk over those waves, walk through all that calamity to get to Jesus. And the wind was coming. There was lightning and everything going on. It was a lot of work. It took a lot of work. A few weeks ago, we talked about the, uh, the four men who carried the lame man to Jesus and dropped him through the roof. And we actually took apart the, how much work it was involved to actually do that. See, many times we want to go for Jesus. We want to do all these things for Jesus. But we have no idea how much work it takes to actually do that. Like, oh, I'm on fire for Jesus. Oh, yeah, well... Well, what's it going to take for you to do that? Like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm busy this week. <laughs> I'm busy. I can't do this this week, and I'm busy. We've got to be able to know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a cost involved. It's going to be a cost. What's it going to take physically for us to accomplish the goal that God has set in our hearts? It's going to take time. First off, it's going to take lots of time. We have to be patient. I talked to a pastor uh, yesterday at the conference, he's a, he's a multi, check this, a multicultural church that is uh, roughly 60% Hispanic and Latino, 40% uh, Anglo and black, and he pastors it up in um, Arlington, Texas, and they speak Spanish. It's a primarily Spanish-speaking church. Usually you see it as English being the primary language, but there's Spanish for the primary language. And I, and, and I was talking to him, and he said, Pastor, you know, how's it going? How's your church plant going? I said, man, we're at the most, 30 to 40 at the most, when we all gather together at once. He said, don't worry about that, Pastor. He goes, it took me three years before we ever even started to grow. I was like, man, three years from now, I might, even, I might be thinking about throwing in the towel at three years. And this guy is saying, like, three years, like, it took three years. But, like, the fifth year, he said, is when we saw a massive change in the fifth year. That was incredible to hear that. Incredible to hear. The next thing we need to know is that we need to have devotion. We need to be devoted, devoted followers of Christ. Devoted. Uh, John Carlo talked about the ownership covenant here. Here at Impact City, we don't do membership. We do ownership. Because members have perks. Owners have responsibilities. And so it's going to be devotion. That means that uh, we're a portable church. That means if you're going to be an owner of the church, we want to see you guys get involved and come into the missional city groups on Wednesday nights. We want to see you guys get involved and being sacrificial and coming here early and helping set up. And we look at all the stuff we got to set up, you know? That's being devoted followers of Christ and in in, in, into the mission of God. 
The third thing we need to know is, uh, is, is a hard one to talk about. That's money. Like, crap, why did I come to church today? The mission is going to take finances. And part of being devoted to the mission is also being devoted into your financial giving, your tithes and your offerings that are commanded by God, not just suggested by God. And I'm not, I'm not going to even push that too hard on this one. I'm just going to say, you know what God wants you to do. And some of us just need to start doing it. Plain and simple, black and white. The other thing, your talents. Your talents. This is what I like to talk about. Use what God has given you for, the, the, for Him. Use what God has given you for Him. So if you're an amazing singer, sing. If you're amazing with children, sing. I mean, uh, I mean you know, run away. I mean, do the kids. You know what I mean? Like, hang out with the kids. If you're an amazing advertiser or talker, talk it up, man. You know, we have to be willing to do whatever it takes. If you play an instrument, come play. If you're an awesome organization, you can organize things. Man, we can definitely use that. If you're getting finances or something, come talk to us. We need need more people to step up, and we need your talents. God has gifted you, and you're here for a reason because God knows he can use you for a reason, for the mission of what, what God wants. So that was number two. We need to know what is required. We need to know that it's going to take some physical work to get there. Number three, the third thing we need to know is we need to have unshakable faith in Jesus. This is the one that gets, that gets to me all the time, unshakable faith in Jesus. Let's read verses 30 through 32 again in Mark chapter 14. It says that Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You see, we need to have unshakable faith in Jesus. And how do we do this? Number one, I think we need to know is we need to crave God. We need to have an utter craving for God. If you see when Peter was in trouble, what did he say? He didn't just say like, oh, crap. You know, he wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm sinking. He was like, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Like, God, I need you now. I need you here. I need you now. I am sinking. I am in trouble. I need you now. He was craving Jesus. He was craving. A lot of us will go through troubles and we try to do this stupid thing that we know where we try to fix it ourselves and it never works. It's a temporary fix. We need to have a craving for Jesus. We need to crave him. He says, Lord, save me. Lord, reach out for me. Lord, Lord, I need you. And if we're going to see the greatness of God shown through the, the, through the communities here at Impact City, we need to crave Jesus. We all need to crave him. We talked a lot about uh, the story of Mary and Martha up at Verge and how uh, Mary was always at the feet of Jesus. Like she was always just there at Jesus' feet. She was always there. She was always following him around. She was always around Jesus. And that's what I think we need. We need to always have this I understand where we want to be with Jesus. And so whether that's quiet time in the morning, if that's you and your Bible, you and your devotional, you need to crave that. You need to want that. The second thing we need to know if we're going to have unshakable faith in Jesus is this. Is that we need to be praying. That we need to be praying more. You can't have a relationship with someone if you never talk to them. I've seen it happen. It doesn't work. So let me ask you, how often do you pray? Like really just pray. 
that was one thing that we were kind of shaking about when we were at Verge. We were saying that we were a church that could definitely step it up in the prayer department. And it's so, so ridiculous. Does that just sound ridiculous to you guys, that we don't pray enough? That the, we, we serve an, a mighty God, a God that is willing to do, uh, go to the cross for us. And we're not willing to take five to ten minutes out of our day to pray to Him and talk to Him. And to let him just speak through us. And so what we also, we came to this conclusion that we wanted to start doing maybe once a month like a prayer night. Just come together with some uh, acoustic instruments, you know what I mean? And just worshiping and praying God for like an hour or so. Maybe once a month trying to get together as a family of believers to do that. So we'll be doing that here uh, sometime this month. Y'all hold me accountable to that because I will forget because I'm very overworked be praying more we need to know also that he is God that the God that we serve is God that he's just not this artificial identity that we pray to that's something that we see every once in a while he's not the easy button that we hit whenever life is getting hard he is God he is one true king God and why is that important because when we know he is God we know we can trust him we know that we can trust Him. We know that He is able to handle all of our problems, that He is able to handle all of our issues, that we are able to trust Him, and if we walk in His ways, that we will be okay. We need to know that He is God. That he is just not something with, uh, He's just not a lyric in a song. He's just not a name in a book. That He really is God. And because He is really God, and because of that, we need to worship Him. I'm talking about filling yourselves up with the Word of God and worshiping Him daily. If we're going to be a church that's going to impact the city, we've got to worship God. So many times uh, uh, we've been talking to Christians over the, or the years in, in, in our church, uh, you know, as pastors, and I'm like, hey, did you hear that song by this one band? They're like, who is that? I don't even know who that is. I'm like, well, do you know who Chris Tomlin is? And they're like, I don't even know who Chris Tomlin is. I'm like, well, do you, wor- do you listen to worship music? And they're like, no, I don't listen to any of that stuff. I like country. Not dissing country. Okay, I'm not dissing country. I'm just saying this last year in country music was really terrible. All the songs were about uh, trucks and tailgates and driving to the levees and, you know, some of the good stuff and, and, and shaking that thing. Country girls shake it for me. You guys are asleep tonight. Felix is like, ah, Felix sucks today. <laughs> But we need to worship God every day of our lives, every day during the week. If we're going to really be the church that God wants us to be, we have to worship Him. See, we can see God doing amazing things here at Impact City, but we're going to stop seeing them if we don't start continuing being devoted with all our time and, and, and our, our whole body physically and spiritually. We can come to church every Sunday and nothing can happen. And we can come to church and live church throughout the week and see amazing things happen. There have been some amazing things that have happened here at Impact City Church. And one of the things that happened a couple weeks ago was baptism. I just want to show you guys this video. It's pretty cool. It's just a short little video. It's a song. And I want you guys just to kind of watch it and kind of uh, just see what God is going to be telling you through this video. So y'all guys watch this. Guys, I want to finish with this. I just kind of want to read this to you. It's 
kind of our our scripture, if you will be, if, if we if we had a scripture, it's, it's what's on our on our sign, and it's kind of what we believe we are. This is Isaiah fifty-eight. This is verse starting in verse ten. It says, and if you pour yourselves out to the hungry, and if you satisfy the desires of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness. And your gloom will be as noon day. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desires in the scorched places. I mean, that God will provide everything you need. That he will satisfy your desire in scorched places and he will make your bones strong. And you shall be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. This is the part that I love is this, and your ancient ruin shall be rebuilt, and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called repairer of the breach, restorer of the streets to dwell in. I'll read that last part again. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. The word breach, translated in English more so, is closely defined as repair of the walls. And here at Impact City, it's all we really ever wanted to do was just bring a church to Corpus Christi that was going to do something. We have desires to rebuild the church, to rebuild the city, to rebuild the walls of the city, to rebuild the old buildings of the city, to rebuild the old run-down places of Corpus Christi, the places that people are going into and they're doing drugs and they're, and they're, and they're hunting out prostitution and, and they're doing all these things. We want to go into those places and revive them for Corpus Christi. We want to do it in the name of Jesus. And we also, it talks about that you should be called the restorers of streets to dwell in. And you look at the word streets to dwell in, if you look back, that really actually means restoring your walk with God. To restore your walk back to Jesus. So we want to be a church that meets both the physical needs of the city and the spiritual needs of the city. Now you just seen baptism. That was the spiritual side. What you don't see is, is, is when we do uh, outreaches at the women's shelter. What you don't see is when we do outreaches within the community and what we do every single day throughout the week. Every one of our owners here at the Impact City, that's, that's part of what we have to do. That's what God has commanded us to do. So we do it willingly and joyfully. We live on mission here in Corpus Christi. So whatever God is telling you about this, I want you guys to be doing this. I want you guys to pray right now about this. It's something I've been telling everyone I meet here recently. So if you guys please just bow your heads, we'll end like this. As the band gets up to start playing and we start closing this out, I want to just pose to you this question. I'll pose to you this question. Knowing the vision of Impact City Church, and if you have any more questions about it, you feel free to ask me more. But knowing that the vision of what it is, what is God telling you to do about that right now? What is God telling you to do about that right now? I pray that, that you would take that question seriously. And seriously seek God to see what it is that He is asking. Whether if you're a, you've been coming to Impact City for a while, 
and maybe you, you like, man, I gotta really be devoted. Maybe it means I need to be a owner of Impact City. Maybe do that. Or maybe you've been you coming to Impact City a while, and, and you just you haven't really been uh, devoted in, in time. You ever been? You just been kind of coming and, and 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 taking in, but you haven't been putting anything out. Maybe that's something that you need to start doing here today. Or maybe it's, 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 you haven't started coming. This is one of your first times. You're like, God, what does God want me to do here? Whatever it is, would you please let us know? Would you fill out a communication card? And if anything, would you please at least just be praying for us? So before you go, if you're a new guest or someone here, would you please fill out a connection card in the back table and let us know what it is that you uh, have decided today? <coughs> for many of us, we, 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 we feel lost at times. And I pray, God, that if there's anyone here that is just feeling lost or that down, that you would uh, just show them that this could be a home. This could be a home here in Impact City. We're a church that lives outside the walls of, of everyday um, just church, you know, stuff. And we're a church that wants to live in community with you. God, we honor you. God, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and worship one more time.